0: Jason Rossi of the Pop Culture Pile Driver here with a NXT 30 and SummerSlam predictions and preview. Uh, I'd like to first off start by saying, um, you know, I'm pretty positive. I consider myself a positive person, try to keep a positive mindset, but uh, I can't help but just be bummed for everybody um, who's a fan of wrestling in the Boston community where this podcast emanates from that how exciting! This weekend would be, we'd be amongst each other, amongst like-minded fans, in Boston for TakeOver Boston, then SummerSlam in Boston, we would have SmackDown, Raw, it was going to be a weekend, there was going to be cons, there was going to be uh, stuff happening at the Kowloon, I was speaking with Andy Wong weeks and months ago about all the plans that would have been happening, but obviously this pandemic has has hurt us in so many different ways, or has derailed different things, and um, hopefully... We'll be getting a SummerSlam or another major pay-per-view in the near future. Um, I'm actually sitting on a chair from one of the SummerSlams I attended with my podcast partner in the podcast Fear. Uh, his name is Billy D. Uh, we went to SummerSlam, oh man, I'm losing my mind. I want to say it was '06. And that was at the TD Garden the last time, or yeah, the Garden, whatever it was called at the time, the last time SummerSlam was here in Boston. But I'm going to try to keep this preview and review pretty short, but the one last thing, or at least condensed, I don't want to say short because it's easy for me to say when I'm recording when I'm like a minute in or a minute and a half in, but I will say this quickly, um, the news about Renee Young departing from WWE is semi-heartbreaking. I absolutely love Renee Young. I think she has been the best backstage commentator that WWE has had since me and Gene, and, and I stand by that. Putting her on commentary was 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 a like kind of like social justice quick move, and I don't mean that to be in any way offensive. There, just She just wasn't... That's just not her strength, like, I, you know, for myself, like, you're not going to put me... ...at the... ...in an assembly line... ...to create cars... ...like that's just not my strength... ...I wouldn't be good at it... ...yeah could I potentially... ...work it out? Sure... ...but she was just so good... ...and so dynamic... And so loved backstage. Talking smack. Go back and watch her and Daniel Bryan. Their chemistry. Their raw authenticity on that show was just incredible. So it is such a loss for WWE. My best to Renee Young on her cookbook coming out. I think she's going to be doing a podcast. And wherever she may go. And just remember. Just because she was excellent with wrestling. She has passion for it. Or had passion for it. Doesn't mean she has to continue her career in wrestling. I personally hope to see her go somewhere that she wants to be. And I could see her landing at, like, Fox Sports 1 or somewhere in that realm because she obviously had a good relationship, it seems like, with the people at Fox. Uh, Once Backstage was canceled, I'm pretty sure that was her, like, key to be like, yeah, I'm out of here. Deuces, everybody. And how difficult it must be when your significant other husband is working in another company. Um, A lot of wrestlers are dealing with that now, but just wanted to mention that. So my hat's off to Red A. Young. You will absolutely be missed. With the WWE, but we shall move on. All right, so let's jump in to NXT Takeover 30, or Triple X, if you will. Remember that movie? Vin Diesel? And who did the second one? Was it like Ice Cube or something like that? Anyways, all right, so I'm uh, Jason Rossi again. This is the Pop Culture Pile Driver. You can check me at Jason D. Rossi. You can check out the Pop Culture Pile Driver at Pop Culture PD. And just to let you know, we have podcasts each week. We review things from movies, wrestling, video games, uh, music. Food, everything kind under, under, yeah, under the sun, under the sun, yeah, under the sun—that is pop culture. So check that out. It's me and Billy D as part of the hashtag Dork Sheared Gooniverse. Um, all right, so let's jump into this pretty interesting event, and I'm excited again for NXT because there's just five matches on the main card. Uh, we do have a pre-show match. we have brizango versus Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch versus Lagado del Fantasma. Walking uh, Wild and Paul Mendo, Raul Mendoza. Um, that's going to be a triple threat match. Number one contender for the tag team titles uh, from Imperium. Which I love that this match has stakes. There's a reason to watch the pre-show. Don't forget this will also be going up against uh, AEW, who has a pretty interesting card, including Brody Lee versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT title. But I'm going to take on this one Oni Lork and Danny Birch. I think we're going to get a battle of the Brits for the tag title. I just really like the work Oney Lorcan has done really since he's been a part of WWE in the NXT brand but Danny Burch has really become a guy that I think they're trying to put a little more character in. it's kind of tough guy Um, There's a couple of them on the roster, these kind of tough Brits, if you would. But I think only Lork and Danny Burch being together, there's just a similarity in their look, similarity in their style. I'd like to see them get the win here. And we'll see down the line where that tag team match ends up. For the main card, we will start off with Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. I was just mentioning about Danny Burch. This match just announced, if anything. I didn't, never actually saw it be officially announced. Uh, I really like the idea of this match, first of all you gotta get a win for Finn Balor I think he has gotten to the point where it's like where are we going with him in NXT I'd almost personally like him off the card uh just to like give us something to look forward to again sometimes the thing I loved about NXT years ago when I think they were at their absolute height was you didn't see these competitors these wrestlers every single takeover there was usually like four or five matches and you didn't see some of the bigger names now we're getting you know we're getting to the six man ladder match it's a lot of guys on that match um but I just personally want to see Finn, if, if we're going to go places with him, which I think we're going to, where I think the title picture should be heading. Don't forget, there's no Tommaso Ciampa on this card. Um, and so you you are holding back with him. I think there's slight injuries. I actually haven't heard anything about him in just a little bit. But I will take Finn Balor over Timothy Thatcher, even though I could see them going with Thatcher. As he, like I mentioned, Danny Burch has that kind of real raw Brit style. He had the major win over Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle's last uh, NXT match Um, So we'll see where they go there I do want to just mention The one thing about this event Like there's so many things I wish they held out Like I wish that we were getting Thatcher, Riddle in that cage I know now with AEW I think it's I don't want to say the word ruined too dramatic, right? Too dramatic. But I think it has is taken some of the luster away from NXT and taken some of that specialty away from NXT. Where I think this event here, like that Great American Bash two weeks was really cool. Don't get me wrong. I really like the Io Shirai-Sasha Banks match. But this event should be where we get the Adam Cole-Keith Lee title for title match. Because it just, I don't know, it didn't feel like it had that aura around it on that Wednesday night when there was two options if maybe I'm it's because I'm a little more lean towards AEW these days on my Wednesday nights and I'll kind of recap NXT maybe that's me if you're a bigger fan and you really like that moment which I did I love the moment for Keith Lee but also it was pre pre pre-taped so people were spoiling for others I hate that I hate spoilers and anything but I, I, I'll digress, even though I'll probably say it a few more times. But I just wish this event had, like, that Riddle-Thatcher match. Because Riddle, with all due respect to what he's done in the main roster on SmackDown, hasn't added that flair that I was hoping. Like, remember when Neville first came to the main roster? It was such an impact. There was, like, every week I was waiting to see what Neville would do on the card. Like, who, who he would fight, who he would be in a match with. Because it was just a, a, a sprinkle into a three-hour show. Well, right now, Riddle is not gotten to that level. They already have him kind of teamed up with Baron Corbin, which leaves a lot to be desired, but let's finish out this card, right? I'm jumping ahead of myself. Uh, This is what happens when you... This is like the Rossian on wrestling for the pop culture pile driver. I I can get a little off on topic. All right, so let's get into the six-man ladder match for the North American Championship. I must say, I don't like that this is happening. I don't get why Keith Lee had to vacate one title, um, and that could be problematic as we get through this card. But it's Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes versus Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream. One of these is not like the other, and that is Johnny Gargano for me, who had a viciously dangerous, dangerous hit to the head on NXT, you could read the report, of they had a the filming, he, he, they still showed it on TV, and replayed it, spike right on the top of his head, very dangerous, uh, glad he's okay, he is still Johnny Takeover, he is someone that, call me crazy, he's another one, I wouldn't mind being off this card, um, maybe getting a little, you know, breather from the NXT brand, especially after this injury, um, but speaking of injuries, the reason Gargano and Dream had a chance to get in it, we got Dexter Loomis, being taken out with an ankle injury, who's a curious character, anywho. But in this match, I'm going to take Damian Priest. I I think he's going to be the guy. I think he needs something to kind of boost his, you know, status in the NXT brand. I know Cameron Grimes probably becoming a little bit of like a Miz-style favorite. Like people either absolutely despise him, so that could give them a reason to put the belt on him, to have the chase from all the rest of them. I don't see Velveteen Dream being involved heavily right now, still kind of controversially being involved in NXT again. Um, so, yeah, I will take Damian Priest then to be chased by Bronson Reed, and I'm expecting a gigantic Bronson Reed, like, come off the ladder. Like, I could picture him being in that nonsensical, like, moment where he's on top of the ladder, about to, you know, win the title, but decides to jump off to go through a table on, like, Cameron Grimes or somebody. Could also see that for Velveteen Dream. They always have those moments where, like, I can win this match, but I'm going to put damage on somebody else. Uh, next up, we will get to the Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai women's NXT championship. I will say this now, and this is all I'm going to say. I think the NXT women's division is lacking major. I said this in my preview of In Your House, the last takeover. I think that's even more clear now. Dakota Kai needs to have a star-making performance, and I think she is excellent. I think she is so good. I think a lot of the women in the division are really good. Tegan Nox, not still not big on Candice LeRae, especially as a heel, um, but there's there's so much, you know, Punishment Martinez... As so I like to call her. Uh, you also have, don't get me wrong. Rhea Ripley is a stud, but what have they done with her since she lost that title at WrestleMania? It's 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 been a shame. And she's not even on this card, but we'll get to her. She, I'm sure she will, they'll get her right back involved. But I will take Io Shirai to retain. But I we need a great performance from Dakota Kai. We need these two to have great chemistry, which I have full faith they will. Uh, next up, I will go with Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. This is an interesting one because Pat McAfee being involved in WWE in the past, they always put these guys on the main roster. Like this would be Pat McAfee versus King Corbin or, or something like that. This time they went with NXT. So Adam Cole playing the babyface, So could be problematic for his status with Undisputed Era. Adam Cole needs to win this. And it's not because he's a wrestler. It's because he just needs another big win. Lost to Keith Lee. Hasn't, you know, losing his title. Hasn't really had that drive to, like, get it back. It seems not yet. Um, but I do think this would be a great place for him to pick up a victory. But I could also see McAfee getting the win, like Lawrence Taylor stepping into the ring. First of all, I think that McAfee's going to be great. Not good, great. I also wish they stretched this, personally. I wish this event, you know, this match was taking place in the future. But I will take um, Adam Cole. But then I do think there's a chance you might see an undisputed turn on Adam Cole. Don't forget they did cost him the the tag team championship match recently. Um, maybe Roddy Strong taking over the leader of uh, Undisputed Era, or maybe Finn Balor taking over. This is theories for another time. Last up, Keith Lee defending his NXT Championship versus Karian Cross. Another match just like MJF at, at All Out going to be taking on uh, John Moxley. It's happening too early for me. But I will take Keith Lee to retain. I think there'll be shenanigans. If it's up to me, if I'm the pen is in hand, knowing that there's a payback pay-per-view in a week, I would love to see kind of like an interbranded pay-per-view to try to add a spark. So here's my way this match goes down. It's either a double DQ, double, like, neither man can get to their feet. They just knock the piss out of each other for 20 minutes. And there's a rematch and SATA for a week from Sunday to so mix in some NXT on that payback pay-per-view to maybe bring some special or extra eyes to the brand. That's just the way I would do it. If not, I just I could see Karen Cross just knocking Keith Lee out and then Keith Lee going on a Sami Zayn-esque run back to get his title. That's just the way I could see it. But that will do it for NXT's uh preview. Let's jump into SummerSlam. SummerSlam 2020. Uh, The tagline for this one is, you'll never see it coming. Should be interesting what that actually means. Uh, I'm going to go through this card as quickly as possible, Uh, like I said, I'll try to keep this all kind of intact, I must say, I'm looking forward to this card, (laughs) I'll start with that, so I'm just going to go down the order that, well, I'll I'll put the championship matches last, but I'll kind of bounce around what Wikipedia has on their listing, so I'll start off with the Street Profits versus, uh, defending their Raw Tag Team Championship versus Andrade and Angel Garza, I really love this storyline, I don't like the poison part, but I just like, like, the way they've had singles matches, usually this it turns me off, I'll be honest street profits, I was not a big fan. I love them backstage. I, I just wasn't like eh, in ring, but DeAngelo Angelo Dawkins has become a star performer in that ring. He is incredible. And Montez Ford has now become as my uh my guy Billy D would say, like I think he might have the best hot tag in the business. And I really like the work Andrade and Angel Garza have together. I love the package with Selena Vega. Do not break the, this team up. Um, I'm surprised that they don't have listed in the corner of uh, the Street Profits Bianca Belair. I'm sure she'll be involved. The whole Zelina Vega poisoning Angelo Dawkins could have done without that or maybe saved it for this pay-per-view. Maybe Montez Ford had a take on both of them. Be interesting. I, I... It's tough. I I think a title change is in is in the works for this one though. So I'm gonna take Andrade and Angel Gaza to take the title. Up next, Apollo Cruz versus MVP for the United States Championship. The hurt business banned from ringside. Apollo Cruz. Don't don't give it MVP. Doesn't need it. Shouldn't have it. Really doesn't need to be in the ring. When you have Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley, who could easily be in this match, especially Bobby Lashley, but I will, uh, will take Apollo Cruz. Please keep Cruz going. I actually and keep him running, you know, cutting those raw, um, pay, uh, you know, promos in the back. Please, please, just more Apollo Cruz doing that. I loved when he said, "My baby girl." I love all that stuff. Bring some reality to this situation. the situation. Guy's a stud. Give me some UHA Nation. Let the crowd start chanting for him. Uh, next up, I will get into, we'll go with Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio, Sans Eye versus Seth Rollins with the Apostle Murphy. (sighs) This is tough. We talked about Pat McAfee stepping in the ring, Dominic Mysterio, all the dirt sheets and all the the writers say that the reason Dominic's getting this match is that they want to keep Rey Mysterio, the WWE does. Am I the only one that's crazy? Like if Rey Mysterio really went to, let's say AEW or any of these other outlets, Is that really going to make you not watch this product? Like, is it really going to take that much away? For me, personally, no. Maybe I'm crazy. Never been a gigantic Rey Mysterio guy, but I am excited to see what this match, how how this kind of, you know, pans out. It's a street fight. Dominic is getting the win here one way or the other. I'd love to see Seth Rollins just keep beating this family to give Seth Rollins, I think, what he really deserves to continue to be, like, one of the best in this business. Um... And, and push him that way, even as a heel. Um, but I would say Dominic's probably going to pick up this win for Retribution. You know, Seth is taking his father's eye out. They've taken Alistair Black's eye out. Uh, Dominic got absolutely destroyed by some kendo sticks. Retribution is obviously on the way, not not the team, but trust me, we'll get to them. Um, but I think Dominic picks up the win here in his very first match. Up next, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville in a hair versus hair match. First of all, thank you, ladies. This is gonna be entertaining as hell and way to give some extra stakes to your pretty, already pretty good feud. Um, Was a shame to see Ziggler go to Raw only for the fact that I thought him and Sonya could have made a nice little pairing for a few months to get to like a Sonya Deville, Ziggler versus Otis. And Mandy, maybe that, imagine that whole situation, hair versus hair. Obviously, I don't know who's you know gonna be shaving their head at the end of the day. But I'm assuming it's Sonya Deville. Um, and by the way, best to Sonya Deville, her personal mental space um, after a recent um, home invasion is the best way I guess to put it. Someone broke into her house and like was all about her hair too, like saying that he didn't want her to lose her hair. Some crazy people out there. People, we have enough problems going on in 2020. We don't need you crazy. Stay away from us. Um, But I will take Mandy Rose to pick up the big win here. Sonya Deville to get the head shaved, which I hope turns her into a... She's been so good on the mic. She's become a pretty good badass, but now it's time to put it over the edge, I want her to snap, I want this to be a characteristic that changes her, maybe, you know, I'd love to see her, you know, not realistically, but The Fiend has changed a lot of characters, maybe if they wanted to a, a week, a few weeks down the line, maybe she changes that way, I don't want this to go the angle of Kurt Angle, or CM Punk, where she's like embarrassed to show herself wearing a mask, and kind of being more slapsticky, I'd like to see her Maybe because we just need a badass woman in the, on the SmackDown roster and I think Sonya Deville could become that and all could drive from this. So I will take Mandy Rose for the win here. Next we will get into the two women's title matches. It is Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship versus Asuka and Sasha Banks defending the women the Raw Women's Championship versus Asuka. I will say this quickly. Good. Asuka should be all over the card. Asuka has been the MVP of quarantine 2020 and all of wrestling. She has been done incredible work in the ring. Her promos, her stuff with Kairi Sane, all of the stuff that she was doing, like dancing around, dancing to other people's music. She has just been so entertaining. They had her on commentary, speaking Japanese, like everything about her was so good. I don't know why they've kind of pulled back a little bit. Obviously, full throttle when it comes to title matches, as she's in two. And to everyone's like, oh, what about all the other women and, you know, starting hashtag campaigns? Just do the work. Do the work. It, it, you'll get there. Like, sometimes these pay-per-views, I'll be honest, I, give them paydays. I'm, I'm not running the finance department of WWE. But pay the women what you need to pay them. And just move on. These cards, eight matches, don't add anything. Pre-show, fine. You probably can maybe add some women's number one contender tag match if you want. Or let's just put Asuka against both Sasha and Bayley at payback next week for the tag titles. Do I think Asuka, most importantly, is going to win either one of these titles? My answer is going to be no. If anything, maybe the SmackDown. Because that could really set up Bayley and Sasha. But I think let's slow burn this. Have them both help beat Asuka. And I really do want to see them both retain. Then at this payback pay-per-view, we have a legit week away. Let's get Asuka versus Sasha and Bailey for the women's tag titles. And maybe she can do a partner of her choosing if you want to go that route. And have her win, by the way. Have her win. I think Asuka should have never dropped the Raw Women's Championship in that weird booking store situation. But now that I like the idea of Sasha and Bailey being champions, let this thing stretch out. Hopefully we can get back to a position of fans being in stadiums and good times, some point at 2021. That's when I want this thing to end. I this I don't want this to not be in front of fans. I think Sasha and Bailey burn it. Let it happen forever. Like and let them like continue to kind of almost have like a competitive edge against each other. Or maybe one loses the title and the other one like instead of being like you stink and they fight, you could they could actually be like, well pick up your you know, get yourself up from your bootstraps. Let's let's go get that title back. That's my but I will take Sasha and Bailey to both defeat Asuka and I have a bad feeling it's going to be back to back too. I think that I just don't like the way they book that when it's like match after match when you when you know they're fading two people. They did that with um, Becky Lynch at Money in the Bank last year. She fought Lacey Evans, and right after that, Charlotte. I wasn't a fan of that, but I could see that happening here. Uh, up next for the WWE Universal Championship, we have the Fiend Bray Wyatt challenging Braun Strowman, who's become extra creepy, odd, and throwing women. Don't understand it, but okay. Um, the Fiend changes people. He left Braun Strowman in that lake, or the swamp, and he he changed. So I would say that The Fiend, it, it's hard because I don't know if I'm ready for The Fiend to take the title. Braun's actually doing some interesting work, and I, but I also don't know if you can stretch this into a fourth pay-per-view. Um, but Payback is a week away. So there is this, you'll never see it coming. And I don't know if this is the spot. And I'm not saying that we're going to get a cash-in. And I don't... I'm regretting saying this as I start. Because I don't know where else in the card they could potentially fit. Unless they go in the main event. Which I could see. But this could be the match where Retribution gets involved. But it really doesn't make storyline sense. But I'm just thinking of something. And then like we get like a Strowman and Fiend kind of team up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm already regretting saying this. I know high ups in WWE are listening. And they're probably going to change their creative. Be like, that's a good idea. But uh, either way... Just, we'll have to see, this is being recorded for the go-home show of for SmackDown, so maybe something needs to happen with Strowman kind of explaining, like, why he's doing the things he's doing, he, you know, throwing Alexa Bliss, like, what, what sense does that make? And by the way, she was absolutely fine. The no-selling of major moves recently in WWE is disgusting. Shawn Michaels should be ashamed of himself. He got RKO'd and punt right in the side of the head and was on his feet and Alexa Bliss gets tossed in the air when the cameras come back on, the light comes back on, The Fiend's just over her, and she's like looking up like confused. She should be out. Out. You gotta sell that something just crazy happened. Unless something crazy didn't happen, we're gonna get some story. But gotta go with The Fiend. Don't really like The Fiend even being in the title picture, but you gotta give it to him here, I think. Uh, Strowman has done much better work over the past few months than the whole reason he got the title match. I'd love for that to play into, like Bray just be like, why do you even have that title? But they'll never bring up Roman Reigns or that situation on TV. So give me The Fiend to take the title a year after his pay-per-view debut. Taking the title, which probably should be for the first time, but we can get to those stories another time. We'll wrap this whole preview up with Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship versus Randy Orton. Now, does Retribution get involved in this pay-per-view? I joked about it a little bit with Strowman and The Fiend. Do you see anywhere else in the card? If you're going to say this whole thing, you'll never see it coming. They probably want to give the title potentially to Orton because he's been so damn good with this Legend Killer 2.0. Um, Shawn Michaels absolutely no-selling it like it's 1997. Um, just sandbagging people like you are, like what he, the way he did Hogan Dirty there at that uh, SummerSlam. But I maybe this is where retribution gets involved and just wipes out both of these guys. Neither one of them have talked about retribution. Neither one of them necessarily need to be involved with them. But if this retribution thing is going to be serious, you got to put in a big matter. So maybe it's something where they interrupt this match and then like the whole locker room finally comes out and that's what payback's all about. We we finally like get some background to them. Or to be honest, maybe we just keep stretching out, stretch it out a few more weeks. Um, you know, maybe there's a pay-per-view October. Maybe it's Survivor Series where we really get to the point where it's like, all right, something needs to happen with these guys and gals. I don't know. I, I that's it's, It is a little tough. I just, I'm not finding them dangerous enough. I'm not finding them worried enough. But that's my two cents. So I will say if this match does go n- as clean as possible, give me Drew McIntyre to beat Randy Orton. Randy Orton does need a little comeuppance here. Um, maybe this, food does, this feud does stretch. And by the way, Randy Orton seems to be in major matches every SummerSlam. Like last year, he was in a title match against Kofi Kingston. Um, he's been in title matches a lot, and, whether it's cash in title matches or title matches itself, or just in major events. He was against Brock Lesnar in the main event of a SummerSlam. So, just interesting history with Randy Orton and SummerSlam. Also, won his first uh, world title against Chris Benoit back in 2000. And, was that four? You know, was the youngest WWE champion to this day. Um, but I, I like Drew McIntyre. I love the work he's done. Um, let's let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. So I will say one thing: NXT Takeovers usually always, you know, kind of trump um, uh, the main roster pay per views when they're on the same night. And I think the la- well, not the last one. They they had Survivor Series, but I think at last year's SummerSlam, SummerSlam was better than NXT. And I think this year we're going to see something very similar. I think NXT is going to be good. I think NXT will be strong. But I think this event will be better than NXT. All right, so those are my picks. I'm Jason Rossi. You can check us out at Pop Culture PD. Um, don't forget to check me out at Jason D. Rossi. I appreciate you all t- checking out this brief in- um, look at SummerSlam 2020. I will be back with Billy soon. Hope you're all having a great day. Please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave it five stars if you would. It would help us go. Very far in our lives. By very far, I mean it would just give us a boost and make us feel like we're doing a decent job. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, wherever you may be. And enjoy SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver. I'll be tweeting along with the event at PopCulturePD.